Welcome into another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro. Today we have with us Kimberly Robles, owner and president of Robles Concrete Design. She has 30 years of experience in the field and in management. Kimberly, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Why don't you go ahead and start by kind of giving us your background? How did you get into the industry and, you know, into the concrete world, so to speak? Well, I got into the industry like um, years ago when I was out of high school. I had a friend who was a carpenter, and he asked me um, if I wanted to go help him at work, and I was like, to do what? (laughs) And I really didn't even know what, you know, the construction field was, but he offered me $10 an hour, and that was a lot of money then. So I just went along with him, and I worked there for a little while, you know, until his project was done, and I just thought it was a good way to, you know, I wasn't interested in college very much, so, I mean, I went to school and I, you know, I was kind of bored, mm-hmm. so that was a better way for me. Yeah, so, so I saw that I could, you could, you could make money, you make good money, and you don't have to go to college. I mean, you have to go through apprenticeship. So, and what about it? Did you like? I mean, what? Obviously, something hooked you in once you were there. Well, well, it was working with my hands and actually just being able to, like, at that time, that was a long time ago. That's like. You know, like it was three thirty-five an hour for minimum wage. So to get ten dollars an hour was kind of a lot of money. You know what I mean? That was yeah. three times the amount of minimum wage. So I just looked into it and um, I went and got in the carpenters. And I didn't stay in the carpenters. I switched around to different trades because when you're young, people will make you offers like, "Oh, you should come over here. You should be a a taper or a painter or whatever." And you know, with San Francisco, so there was always opportunity. And I just ended up um, getting into concrete in the early um, 90s or whatever. And when you say concrete, um, I mean, I know this because I, I, you know, follow you on LinkedIn and, and your website and what have you, but you're talking about mostly flooring, right? No, I was a cement mason. Prior to doing this, I, I mean, that's why I feel like I have an understanding of coatings and, like, concrete polishing and topping because I work with concrete. So I went through my um, union apprenticeship to be a cement mason. Okay. So I am a cement mason. Wow, that's awesome. I guess I'm also thinking too, you know, you you started when you were, um, it sounds like right out of it or very close to right out of high school probably or. Um... I started I started pretty young. I got out of high school kind of early. And so I started when I was like 17. Wow. And I had other jobs. I did do other jobs in between just to see if you, you know, if I liked it, but I really didn't. You know, you know, you always end up doing something else. Yeah. When you're young. Yes, I think. But you've I've been in and out of the trade since then. I mean, I'm thinking too. I know that we there's a lot of challenges with labor shortages these days, and people will probably be clamoring to get someone else who's you know 17 to come into the industry. Um, do you have any tips about like? you know, ideas of how we could help to work on the labor shortages or, you know, as you're someone who came up that way? You know, I really think that for me, I was just motivated to get into the trade. So I looked into it and I don't think that young, younger people, especially women know about how to get into the trade. So I think it's more now in San Francisco is a little different because they'll put you through you can go through a job program and they'll teach you like a pre-apprenticeship and then put you in a trade. But when I was doing it, I would, I just, it wasn't all the online. So now I would, I would think that we would have to use any resource, maybe like job core or any kind of like job training programs and just 
present yourself to them. For here, it's more the union trades, but for people that aren't union, I would try to try to uh, find a program in my area. Okay. To recruit, but the best I think the best way is to get them when they're young. You know, it's, it's also difficult when we get people that have experience, and you want something done your way. You know, everybody wants to do everything their way, mm-hmm. so that could be a challenge as well. Mm-hmm. Getting someone that you can work with. But yeah. there's definitely a labor shortage. For sure. I mean, I do think that, you know, something that always has been sticking with me lately is hire for attitude, not necessarily for skill. And I think that's kind of goes to what your point is that maybe if they don't have the skill, but they're teachable, that's almost better because you can teach them the way you want to teach them. Yeah. I I do think that is the key. It's like, you you know, you want to hire someone that has enthusiasm because if nobody wants to be there, they're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to get someone to do the tra- get into the trades now because I feel like everything is so much like dot com jobs where you don't have to do physical labor, and you know physical labor is not for everyone. But if you have enthusiasm, I mean anything you want to learn, you can learn mm-hmm. if you keep your mind open. I'm always learning something. Yeah. From every job I do or other contractors, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you just have to be open to be teachable, like you said. If you want to do it, you can do it. Do you have, you know, a, um, a community that you reach out to to learn? Like, are you a part of an association or do you attend trade shows or, you know, how, how are you getting that new information that you're trying to learn all the time? Well, I always go to World of Concrete. I feel like you can always see innovative products. Prior to starting my own company, I was selling the um, concrete polishing and equipment, selling and renting. So I did have the opportunity to be at like um, the super abrasive booth for two years at World of Concrete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see everybody at World of Concrete. I mean, you guys know you're out there. So, you know, there's a lot of innovative products and you could just mingle with people that you wouldn't really have a chance to meet Mm -hmm. going to like the different classes and um, even social events. You know, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Especially in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. For sure. Awesome. I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, your past. What do you see as far as, you know, the fu- your future and maybe the future of the industry in general? Do you, obviously, there's no crystal ball, but what do, you, what do you think might be coming down the pike? I think that there's a lot of work right now, and I just think that we have to stay abreast of everything, all the new technology and trying to learn because there's going to be a lot of fly-by-night contractors. Especially in the coatings world, you know, you take a two-day class and everybody thinks they know how to do epoxy or, or polishing or whatever. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's completely different than when you get out and actually do it. So I, you know what I mean? I think the future is like, I think it's open for us to say, because, you know, I don't think it was respected prior. You know, it's now it's written into specs and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think you have to keep learning and keep trying to get good people on your team you know what I mean if you have a good team you can move forward it's very difficult to do things by yourself and if you are going to be a small company I think you just have to stay in your lane you know what I mean yeah because for me like I'm I'm pretty small and you know it goes from project to project last year I did a grocery store and I had to hire um, you know extra help but if you don't have the ability to keep that kind of work all the time it's also hard to keep people so you just have to know, you know what I mean, find mm-hmm. the area you want to be in. Do you want to be 
bigger, smaller, or you just want to have like a, a tight crew. You know what I mean? So I'm all, I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to build right now. Because I still get out there and, you know, I was throwing sand and doing epoxy last week. Yeah. It's not what I want to do. I, it, it's hard though to find people to, you know, be motivated. So I guess we're all in that kind of search to yeah. find the right people. It's good though that I guess that there is a lot of work out there, but you're right. I hadn't thought about the fly by night problem of, of if there's almost too much work and not enough established contractors to do the work, then you're going to get people who are inexperienced or not in it for the right reasons, maybe. Yeah. Or undercharging. Mm. That's what a lot of, because I'm not, I'm, I do a lot of concrete polishing and then I have a lot of friends who are like solely epoxy contractors and you know, they say that people underbid, you know what I mean? But they're not doing it properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll, you'll go for it. That's why I don't, you know, I don't knock it, but I don't do garages. I need to, for me, you know, I'm lucky that I'm in San Francisco area. So I'm able to go on more high end projects and you could charge differently here. Right. So you don't cut corners. So is that what you're saying? Yeah. If yeah. somebody's like, oh, can you do a one day garage system? It's like, absolutely not. Mm. You know, every, you have to prep, you have to put the vapor barrier, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or you're going to be coming back for callbacks. And that's why sometimes it depends on the customer. You know, you have to use the more expensive products. So you have to make sure that you're able to charge a certain amount of money. You know, somebody like Ardex, I can get a moisture barrier warranty for 20 years. Hmm. And I heard that they, you know, that they stand behind their warranty. So they'll write it up, the, tech, the specs for you, and you can go out there and, um, apply it exactly how they do and you can give your customer a warranty. That's awesome. I mean, you don't know if something's going to happen in 20 years, but it's better to have some backup. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What about uh, anyone new who might be coming into the industry? Um, Do you have any advice for them or suggestions or tips? I would say a tin world of concrete, um, either go through apprenticeship or apprentice under Another contractor, people that just jump in with no knowledge, I feel like they're going to have a harder time. Mm-hmm. That's like with anything. You can't go be a doctor or a lawyer and you didn't go to school. I don't know why people think they can go to class for two days and now they're a contractor. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what state. In California, you have to have a license. You have to go to the contractor state license board to become licensed. But in a lot of places, I'm on a lot of forums on Facebook and different things. These guys don't have, they don't have any knowledge. They're like, I'm going to become a contractor. And they just go out there and know, hit the ground running. Some people will be successful, and I think that 80% of them won't. But that's my opinion. You know, everybody has one. Yeah. I mean, and there are a lot of resources out there right now, even virtually, that people can go to. So even if you can't go to World of Concrete, I'm sure there's a ton out there. Yeah, if you can't go to World of Concrete, read Coatings Pro, read (laughs) Concrete Decor Magazine. Like, if if you are just going to take those classes, take several. I still go to classes. I want... (laughs) I'm trying to sign up for the mirror polish. I'll go to, I, I was looking into going to SACE training. Like everybody has different methods. You can learn something from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I say just keep your knowledge up, you know what I mean? Be open. Like I have a friend who um, is a epoxy contractor. When I need help, I ref, you know, we call each other up and we help each other out. So come on a job with me and work with me for the week. And he really helped me in the coatings thing and vice versa. Like he didn't really polish prior. So I help him with that. Yeah. And I, I met them when I, when I used to do sales. So they were my customer who became my friends. Oh, that's so, cool. Okay. You I, know, I think you can't, don't look at everyone as competition. You know what I mean? Yep. 
I was just going to say, I do think it's easy, quote unquote, easy to like form a community in this industry. Everyone seems to be, well, not everyone, but lots of people seem to be very friendly and willing to help and share. And, uh, you know, it's so great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what the difference is now in, at the time in this industry. Like, you know, back in the day, the old school, you know, everything's a secret. But now, you know, there's YouTube, Internet. You can't hold all these secrets to yourself. And if you do, you know what I mean? Knowledge is power. You have to grow and help one another to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would I not help someone else? I mean, this is a – the Bay Area is pretty large, and I'm going to ask for help on tips on something. Somebody else will ask me. So it's – I don't mind helping someone. I don't I, feel like it's competition. You know what I mean? Everybody does their own thing. Yeah, There's I, enough money to be made for a lot of people here. I have definitely heard this something similar of like, if your niche is polishing and someone else's niche is epoxy, then you can kind of like tag team or maybe there's a larger project where you can both work on it and help each other out, throw work each other's way. I think that's oh, yeah. awesome. I, I, definitely, I definitely did. My friend Richard came out. And he has um, a company, uh, he's like a small one-man guy, Vision and Concrete. He's out of, um, I want to say Brentwood, no, Rio Vista. He's a really nice guy, and he's helped me with um, my coatings. He's been doing it much longer, longer time than me. And I also get reps to come, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to sell me these products, come show me how to put it down. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like you, if you... There's no trainings, but, you know, you always have to work. Show me how the ease of use and then we could use your product or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I really do feel like from what I understand, coatings are, it's like you have to be a chemist in the field, especially if there's two parts and make sure, like you're saying, there has to be like a vapor barrier, water barrier, what have you, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just slap something down and walk away. There is an art and, and science behind it, which is really fascinating. It is, and everybody has their own methods. And, you know, like, there's so many people that are out here that sell epoxy, but you have to find the one that's good for you to work with. You know what I mean? What's going to be the ease of use. And, you know, everything is a skill, even the person that mixing the epoxy. You know, you have to mix for three minutes. You know, you can't cut corners, so it takes time. Mm-hmm. You can't just go in there. You know what I mean? So even I- the people pouring it out, so... I feel like it's all acquired skill and the more you do it, the more you'll learn. But if you partner up with someone who knows more than you, you know, I think that's the best thing to do. I just interviewed someone for, uh, for an article and they were mentioning that they had the same person doing all of the mixing throughout the entire job for exactly what you were just explaining of like, you know, that's, you want it to be the same. You know what, that's what, that's what all my uh, all the guys I know say that they're like. If you're doing um, overlays, if you're doing epoxy, they're like, you know what? Do not change the mix guy. Mm-hmm. Once you change the mix guy, they're putting the water in different, or they're doing, you know what I mean? They're doing something different mm-hmm. when you're doing like overlays. But yeah, I think it's important to get someone. You know, everybody has their skill set. Yep. So you know, everybody's contributing to the product. I would just say, like, if you you asked me a question earlier, if you're trying to keep people, you know, treat them right. You treat people good and they're going to stay, you know? Yeah. So you have to respect everyone from the, the laborer to who's mixing and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And give people opportunity for growth. And I think that you can um, keep people. Yeah. 
I love that idea of the growth. What, um, what would you say your biggest challenges or, or in, in a positive spin, maybe your biggest opportunities that you've seen, you know, since owning your own company? I think there's a lot of opportunity for me in, um, because I'm a, there's no women-owned companies, and I haven't even tapped into the women or minority-owned business sector yet because I'm just busy doing private jobs. But that's why I still think that there's growth in the industry. So that's things I need to take care of. But um, the biggest challenges are, like, just being a woman in the industry. There's not many, so sometimes you're not as respected. But if you do your job, you can earn your respect. Yeah. You do the job right and stand behind your, your job that you're doing. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I, I mean, just as an editor in the, in the industry, I've experienced that, um, that I'm expected to prove that I know what I'm talking about. It's not just understood that I know, which I think is interesting. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's always like that. I'm not trying to just focus like on women period, but no, whatever still women are in, mm-hmm. it's, it's always like that. They're, if it's a woman doctor, they're going to try to go to the male doctor and ask him something, even if she has more experience. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, like for me, I've been in the industry for so long mm-hmm. that it doesn't bother me. Now I'm just, when I, I started like my own company in 2018 and I'm just being now recognized for the work that I do around the Bay Area, mm-hmm. but I've been in this game for a long time. So I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I just did a project and the store owner, super nice guy. He owns the produce store next door. He's like, why don't you get your husband or a boyfriend to come <laughs> do this work? Why are you doing it? I said, oh, because it's my bank account. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and because you want to. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like what I do. I think yeah. that's a big part of it. If you're going to work every day and you don't like your job, you know, how are you going to be good at it? You're yeah. just, you know, going through the motion. Yeah. So for me, I like to I like to see the end result, and I like to make the customers happy. You know, and we all don't know everything. I'll be honest. I did a job a month ago, and after it came out, you know, I, I rushed to a different job, and I let somebody finish. I didn't like the finish at the end. Mm. And I didn't want to give the customer that, so I went to do some touch-ups. And my friend was like, oh, my God, how many touch-ups are you going to do? I just ended up doing the whole floor over. And I had to tell the owner, I said, you know what, Rick, I, don't, I want you to be happy with the outcome. Yeah. So it took me like four extra days. I had to pay people, but you know what? At the end of the day, that floor came out super nice and they were happy with it. So it's not always about just the dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about customer satisfaction. Are you going to leave your name on that job? Yeah. Cause that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? I love a that. quality product and you're still going to get customers. Mm-hmm. And it, this, it literally is your name on the job. So yeah, obviously that matters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, and my grandmother always told me, you know what I mean? Like, it's your, all you have is your reputation. You know what I mean? Your word and your reputation. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, once you start getting a bad reputation, it goes around fast. People like to talk about bad things before they talk about good. So Yes, it's so true. I try to keep it good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. If people don't want to work for you now, I don't know, what, I don't know what, what's wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I've also seen, I mean, so we connected over on LinkedIn and you're very active over there, but, um, you know, you've been highlighted in a couple other, um, magazines and you, you guys are just like 
really doing a really an amazing job as far as marketing your company you know is that something that you're doing on purpose or is it just opportunities are coming to you how's that working out um no you know what last year i actually got to do a when the pandemic happened i got like a small business loan city of san francisco main street launch it's a program for the city so i applied for it i didn't get it the first time or whatever then they called me back and a, like Last October, I think, they called me up and, and said um, Citibank was one of the funders and they wanted to put me in a commercial. I thought it was going to be like, you know, maybe a bus ad or something, mm-hmm. but it ended up being a national commercial. So that kind of, you know, opened people up to who I was. Yeah, what was that like? They played the commercial all over the United States. And then they it did so well that they played it again from March, um, no, January till March. It just stopped again. Wow. So that opened me up to other opportunities. Was that fun doing the commercial? It it was, you know what? It's a lot of hard work. You yeah. know, everything is work. You have to, I, I totally respect like TV shows, people that like nine one one or something where people have to wear all this gear. It's super hot in there mm. and it's 10 hours for 30. I did 10 hours for 30 seconds. Mm. That's insane. And it, yeah. Wow. It is, but you know what? It's, it's also super interesting. You know, I got to play like, uh, movie star for the day. I had my trailer and my makeup people and everything. Even though I didn't use, use makeup, but That's you know they make sure that you look the same for everything. Move your hair, move your hard hat, move. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It was interesting, and then plus they ended up paying me. So every That's time awesome. I ran, that was good. I'll see if uh, we can link to the commercial when we post the podcast. I think that'd be really fun to for our listeners to see. Um. Okay. Yeah, I just. I've got the the rapid fire round to close things out unless you had anything else you wanted to chat about that I didn't ask. Um, no, I just I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I, I think it's so cool that um, a woman in your position as well. So thank you. That's yeah. all. I love it. I love that we're able to chat like this and kind of, you know, meet virtually and definitely one of the, in my opinion, at least one of the, um, you know, silver linings of us all being sort of, stuck remotely from each other right now is that we have the time to do these kinds of things. So I appreciate you taking the time too. Um, okay. So rapid fire, who is your hero or mentor? Um, my grandmother, she was a jazz singer and a t- uh, educator in San Francisco. And she just always told me, if you don't know something, learn about it. You know what I mean? Like never open your mouth and speak upon things you don't know. So I always try to become educated before I talk. Otherwise, you put your foot in your mouth. So my grandmother passed away of cancer like over 15 years ago. But yeah, that's pretty much mm. who I look up to. Sounds like she was a. She was very. She wasn't the easy kind of grandmother. She was super young, and you know she was tough. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this lady. I was like, maybe she doesn't like me. <laughs> I was kind of hard-headed. <laughs> but you know what? It all comes back. And to play everything that she told me is, is like, true. She was pretty, like, you know, a straightforward type of woman. Mm. I love that. You know, like, she would t- tell you something. She'd be like, don't burn your bridges. You may have to cross them again. Kimberly, you think I need you? No, but you're going to need me. And then, we'll come, <laughs> then I have to go ask her for something. I'm like, oh, man, she was right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> That's too funny. I wish she was here now. Yeah. But she yeah. was really into technology. I didn't even know how to cut, make a CD when she was still, you know, she used to teach and she's like, you don't know how to burn a CD? And I'm like, my grandmother's <laughs> over here teaching me how to burn a CD. It's hilarious. She sounds fun. 
What is your... She was, and she played at all the jazz clubs. Oh, that's so awesome, yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? People coming up to me, men coming up to me, oh, you're a woman? Oh, you're the boss? I'm surprised. I never saw a woman before. <laughs> that's, it's very annoying. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? I hope it just gets to the point where it's just, you're the contractor, yes, that's it. Right. Well, you're helping to normalize that, so that's awesome. Um, what place would you most like to get stuck in for a week? Um, somewhere tropical, maybe like Thailand in a hut or, mm. you know, even on, in Hawaii, anywhere I could have beach and sand and sun. Mm, love it. I hate the cold. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with me today and, and our listeners, of course. Um, if people want to reach out to you afterwards, how should they follow up with you? You can find me by, um, I'm on LinkedIn, just Kimberly Robles, Robles Concrete Design, or www.roblesconcretedesign.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on everything, social media, Instagram. I'm all around. I do all my own uh, marketing. Okay, great. We'll, we'll link your your website and your LinkedIn in our show notes. Um, again, I'm Stephanie Chizik. I'm the editor-in-chief of Coatings Pro Magazine. Uh, this was Kimberly Robles, owner and president of Robles Concrete Design. Thank you so much. And as always, happy coating. Calling all coatings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Coatings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coating needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit CoatingsProMag.com slash subscribe. Coatings Pro. Know what the pros know.